As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Why have humans advanced so far past every other species on Earth? Could it be we are just a naturally dominant species? Yet, doesn't it seem like we're less in tune with our planet than almost every other animal? Today, we test the believability of whether or not humans are from Earth. Welcome to Believing the Bizarre, where we dive into the unknown and the unusual and tell you whether or not we find it believable. That is right. I hope everybody's doing well. Hope everyone is healthy as we are gearing up for the strangest Christmas ever. Yeah, socially distant Christmas. Yeah. Santa Claus is not allowed to come in your house. Nope, nope. No chimneys. You gotta shoot him. Gotta shoot him. With a (laughs) gun. Then you paint paint Rudolph's nose red with his blood. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Charlie, you had a birthday. How was your birthday, man? Um, well, I feel like I'm 1,000 years old. <laughs> Father time. Yeah. Actually, no, on the way here, I was like, you know, my 30s are going to be great. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to I'm gonna make something out of myself. I'm going to have a great career. It's going to start when I'm 30. It's great. I know. I still got one more 20s birthday. So, when, like, when people say happy birthday to me next year, it's going to be, like, a happy time. But when you say it, it's going to be a 31, and they're gonna, it's going to be, like, it's kind of like a sad thing, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's sad. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Happy birthday, asshole. Uh, a couple of people reached out and said happy birthday to you. Yeah, they did. And I really, I really, um, I was really thankful for that. It was really nice. You didn't have to do that, though. Like, you really didn't have to, but I, I still I went to everybody's it. house and put a gun to their head and said, text it. Type <laughs> Remember it. his fifth grade It's I-E, not E-Y. More people do that than you think. So let's dive in. So I think whether or not you believe anything we're about to talk about today, I think it's interesting, and I think there's a certain amount of merit to some of the points we're going to discuss. But first, let me preface with just a few things. This came to me because I saw a post, I think it was like a year ago, could have been two years ago, who knows, time flies when you're in coronavirus time. But it was like, what if humans were a failed species elsewhere, and then they sent one man and one woman, hint, hint, Adam and Eve, to Earth, and it was that ship, quote, you know, asteroid, unquote, that killed off the dinosaurs. Like, you've seen that, right? Maybe? It's like a... Uh, No, I have not. It's like a what if. It's an interesting... I think there's a fair amount of time between dinosaurs and humans. Like, in evolutionary time-wise. That's quite nerdy. Okay. I'm not taking that. Right, right, I'm saying that was, like, the inspiration to look further into it. 
I'm not saying like this isn't going to be about Adam and Eve. Okay. Can I it's ask just, you something really quick? Yes. Okay. I didn't mean to throw off your flow. No, my my second preface is that if you're adamant about religious beginnings, or if you believe in a natural Earth evolution, just enjoy the ride. Have okay. a good time. That's now, that's me. It's all about me. Yeah. Do you know anything about a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Didn't watch it. Didn't read it. Okay. Is it a book? Yes. Didn't There's read a it. series actually. Oh, and I didn't read one any of the one. one of the books, they go back in time and they land on this ship and they find out it's actually going to Earth and it's all like the middle management people where the people are from, hairdressers and like. Like, they can afford a new car once every, like, 20 years. Yeah, it's, like, people that, like, they don't really need. They all told them they are going to go to this new planet. Yeah. And they're the only people that went. So they, like, just got them out of where they need wanted them to be. So, like, they kept all, like, the lawyers and doctors. And they sent all these people to Earth. We're the descendants of those middle people. Oh, okay. Interesting. I think it's a funny theory. I'll let you tell your story. Okay. <laughs> so here is the breakdown. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to look at potential evidence that explains why we could potentially not be from Earth, and then we're going to look at two theories. Let me just say this. There is a book by Dr. Ellis Silver. It's called Humans Are Not From Earth. Unfortunately, because of the timing of this and my own life schedule, I didn't get a chance to either buy it, order it, or read it. But I, I, I believe that a lot of the articles that I pulled from were loosely based on or were based on that book. So if you don't want to search on the internet and you want to pick up a book about some of the stuff we're going to be talking about i would recommend checking out humans are not from earth it's probably a little biased (laughs) based on the name (laughs) so are you ready to dive in yeah let's go let's go with the evidence first so let me ask you charlie here at believing the bizarre what is our mantra quantity over quality that is right so why stop now we have (laughs) six Potential pieces of evidence that back up why human beings are not from Mother Earth. Man, I feel like we're missing a little bit. It's only six. Well, there's more, but some of them were is like there's like one thing. that I do. There's one that's like, uh, it's because we don't handle the sun well. <laughs> okay, and it's like, and that's actually not a terrible point. You'd think if we, you know, that most a lot of animals can sunbathe and be fine, and we sunbathe and we get cancer. But that's 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 not in the discussion. So evidence number one, we are just too damn advanced. Going back to what I talked about in the intro, and to be honest, this is going to be a callback point for a lot of these. It's just you can kind of tie everything back to the. It's just very odd how advanced we are. And and let me be clear, I'm one. I'm not being arrogant, and I'm not saying that we have better natural instincts than other animals. Because one, that's not true, and two, that's something I talk about later. I'm saying in terms of consciousness society, culture, art, music, written history, social rules, technology, exploration. If you just consider technology alone, like cars, computers, boats, satellites, and and what do we do with animals? Oh my God, my dog knows its name. Okay. I, I understand that. I mean, we're fascinated that apes can learn sign language or that dolphins can, they can recognize their own reflection in a mirror, which is dope by the way. But who invented sign language? Who invented the mirror? And who invented names? Dogs don't have a name for other dogs. And if they do, we don't understand it. I I do want to counterpoint two things. Yes. I heard that there's a species of monkey in in the Brazil that is entering their stone age right now. Interesting. Yeah. So they're using stones as tools. Like, like they're consistently teaching how to make stones as tools. So that would, that's very interesting. And that, that leads, that follows into the evolution theory. But you 
even if they're using stones as as tools, that's not even close to us. No, no, no. Like they're very far back still. Also, I heard that dolphins actually do have names for each other. Really? I heard that. Yeah. Like I, I, I was on Discovery or something. Interesting. I never heard that. I wonder. I'm gonna have to Google that. Yeah, but it's not like they can write them down. Well, they don't have hands or pencils. No, I, I mean, what is that? Squee? Squee! Yeah, I can't <laughs> even... That's one of the animals I cannot make a noise for. We're comparing these animals to human advancements. Like, bees have their own dances. Like, there are intricacies to animals and the other species. Again, I'm a huge advocate for animals. And I'm not saying that our species is superior in all aspects. I'm just saying, specifically, when it comes to advancements, there is nothing else on Earth like humans. I'll give you that. All right, cool. All right, number two. We don't adapt to Earth. We make Earth adapt to us. If you think about it, most people that aren't on Naked and Afraid, we're not great at just embracing nature. Like, we don't just thrive in our natural habitat. Because what is our natural habitat? Whether it be a home, vehicles, RVs for traveling, heating, cooling, clothing. We don't just naturally chill on Earth. Now, you can argue that part of that is because we've migrated. Like, you would say, like, you know, you find uh, kangaroos here, you find Komodo dragons here, where humans, maybe humans just branched too far out of where we're naturally supposed to be, and that's like, maybe humans aren't meant to be in Alaska, or humans aren't meant to be in Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) No one's meant to be in Detroit. Oh, man, that's... But you get what I'm saying? Like, like other animals kind of stay in their own area. Maybe, maybe this doesn't work for us because we've branched too far out of where we're supposed to be. Um, but we don't hibernate or just like deal with seasonal change. And speaking on that, kind of like a point I made previously, even though we're very advanced, we are not in tune with Earth. Like we've developed satellites, we've developed radar and obviously weather apps on our phone and the weather channel. Yeah. Local on the eights. But animals, they can tell when a storm's coming. They can tell when a tsunami's coming. They can tell when an earthquake is going to happen. It's not just that they just have it in their bodies. You know, they can sense the vibrations. Yeah. They oh, can like, hear things. Like cows like bunch up when there's a storm, right? I, I don't know. They, they bunch up when people are going to come and tip them over. I like cows a lot. But animals, they just, they, they, they're able to exhibit this unusual behavior before these natural disasters or events are coming. And, and we just don't seem to be able to detect those vibrations, those sounds or anything. Now, I will say that it could be because... We've lost the ability to do so because yeah. we haven't needed to. I was going to say, catch Dorothy slipping with a tornado coming. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the, the green screen said that it was a tornado, so there's a tornado. <laughs> but I, I kind of liken it to a backup camera on your car. Okay. Where it's like when you grew up, well, when I grew up, you when you grew up too, when we grew up. We didn't have backup cameras. There's only camp. a couple of years difference. It's not that bad. I'm saying that some people listening to this could be 17, <sighs> and they might have never had a car without a backup camera. Jesus Christ. I still don't have a car without or a backup 16, camera. Or 16, I guess. You don't? Your Kia doesn't? No. What? It doesn't even have power windows, Tyler. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, get this man. A, you, well, it's a Kia first. I'm, I'm, not go, I'm not going off on that tangent. Get yourself a Honda or a Toyota. But anyway, what I'm saying is, is when you get... Uh, like. I grew up without a backup camera, so I got used to using the mirrors, looking over the shoulder. But now, dude, with my, I, I put it in reverse and I'm just whipping around, you know, getting out of my driveway and everything. But if I had to go back to a car without a backup camera, there probably would be that little bit of, you know, in between period where I'd be like, oh, yeah, I have to, I have to do this. Am I, am I going to be on the grass? I have to use that mirror. I mean, obviously, that's on a very different scale 
I'm just trying to draw an analogy to the fact that because of our advancements, because of technology, we haven't had to rely on our own senses. We've lost those instincts. Right. So that is kind of a little sidebar into that, that maybe we were just desensitized to that. But the fact still remains, that's just something that other species and animals on Earth have, that connection to Earth and the environment that we do not have currently. I can't speak, I can't speak on what happened before. Currently, we do not have that. Now, here's the question. Could we potentially have come from a planet that didn't have natural disasters, that didn't have intense weather storms, that didn't have earthquakes? What if we were built without the need to detect these natural disasters or natural events because where we came from did not have them? Is that a question? That's not my theory. I have theories at the end, but (laughs) some of these potential evidence, I have those ending questions. So I, I pose that to you. What do you think about that? No. I don't think that's possible. I think every planet has that kind of... Every planet has storms. Yes. If it doesn't, there's no life. What? I think it, I think every planet needs to have some kind of rain cycle. What if there's beings that don't require water? Or if it's... Or, like, if you look at a planet that doesn't have... Like, tectonic plates cause earthquakes. I mean, from our scope of understanding, I, I totally understand where you're coming mm-hmm. from. But it's possible. You know what? Yeah. I, don't, I, I, can't, I can't prove it, like, finitely. So, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's go to potential evidence number three, and I'm going to lead off with another question. What was the last meal that you ate that was exactly as nature intended? Completely no alterations, no cooking, and no spices, just exactly as Earth gave it to you. Last meal. Like an apple or something? Well, that's a fruit, but like a meal. I guess never? Never. Potential evidence number three, the way... We consume. Now, again, this goes back. They're all going to have the callback to how advanced we are. We have recipes that are passed down. We have traditional recipes. We have cooking. You know, we discovered it makes food taste better. Even other animals have discovered from us that they prefer cooked food, like dogs will salivate and everything. Like, it's not like we're the only ones that like cooked food. That's That's not what I'm trying to say here. Other animals and species prefer cooked food as well. They just don't do it. We do. By the way, if you're wondering about the benefits of cooking minus the taste, cooking by heat or chemicals, it breaks down proteins and starches into sugars. Basically, it helps us digest. That's the that's that's one of the main biological benefits is it really helps us digest food. Although I do really, I am really a big fan of sushi. There you go. Maybe you're maybe you're from Earth. Then. Maybe. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just from here. Apparently, chimpanzees and gorillas and orangutans they prefer like cooked carrots and sweet potatoes and meat and everything. But again. It goes back to my point that they rely on us to do that for them. This doesn't really lead me to a a theory like the last one did, but it's still a major separation. Like, we are the only species that alters our food drastically. They haven't naturally learned how to do that. Right. Like, you don't don't see... Like, monkeys can open their own bananas, but they're not on their own, like, make it into, like, a banana split sundae. Yeah, they're not making... Protein smoothie. Creme brulee apple. Right. And that... Banana. That, but that also, again, un, like that means that we use the, you know, the kitchen accessories, technology, a blender and stuff like that. But at the same time, they're not creating fire and cooking food. I would be interested to see if you created a fire and you gave a monkey or something like a piece of meat, raw meat, would they go over and cook it? I don't know if they would. I don't know. That's interesting. No theory attached to that one. I'm just saying it's a separation. Potential evidence number four, lack of natural predators and overpopulation. We are a very invasive species. 
without a natural predator to keep us in check beyond our own stupidity and each other, which is sad. And we're not getting into that because we're the apex predator. Yeah. Apex. The, the top of the top or the 18. I don't know about me specifically. I'm not. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. But so a simplified example of the ecosystem outside of humans keeping population in check. Think about this. Like if you have an animal that is becoming saturated and it's killing off too much of their prey, their natural food supply is going to dwindle because one, they're killing off too much of their prey. And two, their population is growing too much that whatever food is left is too small. So they are naturally, it's kind of like a checks and balances system. Does that make sense? Yeah, like government. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yep. just the wolves, right? On the other hand, we have a Starbucks and a McDonald's on every single corner. We I kind of wish something would chase me from to get to that McDonald's, you know, like... Just to get the heart rate going? <laughs> yeah. Just to get a good pump in the veins? Like, oh, my God, man. Imagine if there was, like, a T-Rex that, like, chased you everywhere you went. I've always thought of that 2002 spider movie, Eight-Legged Freaks. <gasps> like, I've imagine... Because they Because there's spiders that are huge, and they, like, jumping... Like, huge, like, the size of this room. Or, like, a car. They're big. But it's like... we. I mean, we're very lucky... To not have a natural predator. And I mean, like, we do kill each other. We are we are a very curious, but a very stupid species at the same time. And I mean, like, yeah, we can get killed by a lion or a hippo. Like, we die from other animals. But nobody's like, that is human's main predator. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no- nothing hunting us, specifically. Right. You can walk outside and go about your day and not fear for your life unless you live in Detroit. I'm just kidding. We love you. This is off the cuff. I don't have any of that written down. Now, we have other resources that are disappearing, but food itself, one, it's not disappearing for us. Two, there's no predators to keep us in check. We're we're growing. I mean, in the 90s, we had 5 billion people on Earth. Now we're up over 7 billion. Yep. Eventually, you're not going to be able to walk. It's just Earth is going to be one packed elevator. I've actually heard this before. I don't know if it's true anymore or if it was ever true, but I heard that if you take the entire population of the Earth, you can fit it It'd be tight, but you could fit it in Texas. I that I I don't know. <laughs> if that's the case, I hope I end up in Austin or Houston. Uh, I I don't want to go to Texas. I'm just saying I heard that you could do that. Okay, but I don't know if I believe that that theory. I believe that you heard it somewhere. Okay. All right. Potential evidence that humans are not from Earth. Number five. We're bipedal. Humans are the only primates who are normally. Is it biped? If it's if there's not bipedal, biped. Is it biped or biped? I heard both. Bipedal, bipedal. But but if it's just biped, like bi- B-I-P-E-D, biped, biped. Biped. Humans only primates to walk on two feet. Oh, let's uh, try that again, Sandy Cheese. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> so due to the extra curve in our spine, it's pretty much like what stabilizes us in the upright position, as well as we got them shorter arms. So we, you know, like, yeah, can humans crawl on all fours? Yes. Are we meant to do that? No. And let me be clear. Bipedalism is not the ability to walk on two legs. Dogs dogs can do that. Yeah, bears can do it. Dogs can do it. There are animals that can walk on two legs. That's not what bipedalism is. The creature from the Greek Dismal Swamp can do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. William's story. Yeah. He can do that. (laughs) But even if you can walk on two legs, if you're meant to walk on four, you're still quadruped. Yeah. So let me get that out of the way. Because somebody was like, well, I've seen a black bear walk on two feet. So you're wrong. They can. And I'm not wrong. This is all true. This is all fact. But anyway, so a couple examples of animals that do walk on two feet but are not bipedal are black bears. You know, they actually, apparently they have a very human-like strut when they yeah, walk on two feet. Yeah, I've seen it. They look like they're going to a nice night at the theater. A little suit on? Yeah. Uh, great apes. And the frill dragon. I don't know what that is. 
Oh, it's a it's a it's a little lizard. Apparently, it's called sometimes called the Jesus lizard. It runs across water. Oh, that as I say that, and as you say that, totally makes sense. <laughs> Although, have you seen like a, a gorilla at the zoo walk around on two on two legs? No. Whenever it's... time I go to the zoo and they're just chilling, dude. They're I've sitting. seen. Oh, okay. Sidebar, really quick. When I was a kid, I went to the zoo with a friend of mine and my mom. We waved like little toys in front of the glass. This silverback gorilla charged the glass. It shook the room. It was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god! I feel like everybody has one of those stories, and I just—they just chill. They just look at me. There's also another one where I walked by a baboon, and he was just jacking it, looking at us. <laughs> so that must not have been your fifth grade birthday party, if there was another. <laughs> no. There's also macropods, which are animals on two legs, but they have like the hopping motion. Like think you're kangaroos and your wallabies, like Rocco, or you know birds. So here's a thought. What if the majority of animals on Earth are quadrupeds because of Earth's unique gravity? Like, what if that center of gravity needs to be low? Because, if you, I mean, we, we got like four, uh, from, from what I've read, we have like 15 pounds of pressure on every square inch of our body because of gravity. Like, that's why. It's like, it's effort for us to stand up straight. And think about this. Earth, the majority of animals, species, quadruped, low center of gravity. Humans. Standing erect, our spines, we get bad backs over time. Like, a hurt, bad back is a very common human ailment. What if we're naturally from a planet with much lower gravity or pressure of gravity? Can can I be honest with you? Yeah. I might cut this, but this is the first one of your evidence. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. The first one? This is the second to last. I know what it is. It's the first one that really got me. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, the sixth and final potential evidence for this podcast on why humans are not from Earth. Something I don't know much about at all. So this is going to be something you're going to have to speak on because I know nothing about this. Sure. Circadian rhythm. Sleep. Oh, Um, I know I don't got it. (laughs) Our sleep is naturally off about 30 minutes from a normal 24-hour day. And I'll, I'll explain So the circadian rhythm is a natural internal process that regulates our sleeping and wake up cycle. And basically it's supposed to be tuned to a natural earth day, like one revolution, revelation, revolution, revolution, 24 hours. It basically, it regulates our sleeping patterns. Like I said, from what I've heard, I don't know. I don't sleep. (laughs) I don't do that. This is a reason why jet lag affects us so badly. It's like when you, when you travel to a different time zone and you know, the sleeping, like you can't just be like, oh, it's nighttime. I'm going to bed. You know, if you go from the East coast to the West coast and you shift those three hours, like it takes a couple days. That's a real thing. Now, if we were naturally from earth, it would make sense that our circadian rhythm was synced up to the 24 hours. Technically, it's not. So there was a theory out there, I think it was like from the 90s, like 98 or 99, and they were claiming that our bodies actually tune to a 25-hour circadian rhythm, like sleep schedule. Apparently, that was proven wrong, but only slightly. It's, It's actually like 24 hours and like 15 to 30 minutes, so not quite an hour. So you might be like, oh, you know, that's just 15 to 20 minutes off. That's not a big deal. But if you think about it, in a month, that could be between 7 to 10 hours. That's a whole extra night of sleep that you're losing. Think about it, maybe this is why people are so caffeine dependent. Obviously, that's marketing and stuff and coffee and, you know, that that plays on us as well. But what other animals need stimulants like that to function every day? Obviously, we get addicted to it 
they don't have the opportunity to get addicted to it, they probably would. But here's the thing. It is a fact. Our our circadian rhythm is naturally over 24 hours. So what if, my last little theory to you before I get to the big theories, what if we are naturally from a planet that's a little bit bigger, just a tiny bit bigger than Earth, with a little bit longer days than 24 hours? Why bigger? Because that would take longer for the sun. Oh, well, okay. Well, if the Earth, if the planet was bigger, then the gravity would be higher. Well, that would uh, that goes against the other point. I'm just for, for this specific one. I'm saying that would make the days longer. It could be where it is in relation to the sun. That's what I think it would be. If any, well, it would be a slower spin. That's all it would be, a slower spin. Yeah, I mean, it could affect the size as well. That would go against the other one. But these aren't all necessarily tied together. Right. These are kind of individual individual scopes on how we as humans vary so much from other species on our potentially home planet. Earth. Man, these last two theories are really. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for the theories? Yeah, let's go. All right. I'll ask you. I haven't written out a certain way, but do you want the fun, crazy theory or do you want the scientific theory? I got two. Let's let's do the the fun one first. Okay. Here is the fun theory. Theory one, Earth jail. We're being punished by the galaxy, or if we're not being punished, it's like a big galactic timeout. Basically, other societies in our universe banish us because of our our violent and egotistical nature, and they put us on Earth. And the goal is that being on this primitive planet with other species that aren't incredibly advanced and aren't up to our level is that we kind of like kind of like a chill out. Like we're not competing with other species. It gives us time to kind of understand how to like how to grow, how to evolve, get the lay of the land, learn the hunter-gatherer, kind of just, it, it's basically just a galactic timeout. Does it, does the theory say who put us here? No. Okay. No. Just wondering. No, but it's also, and this kind of plays into the human zoo theory, which I'm not going to get into. I think that's a, a fun episode for another day. Okay. But it's kind of like, that's why we see UFOs, but they're not as much interacting with us. It's every time you see something like that, it's like they're from a distance. Like they check in on us to see, have they grown? Have they adapted? Make sure we haven't nuked ourselves yet. Yeah. Have they blown each other up? Are they still writing on the walls and crayon? You know. So it's basically up to us alone to solve our problems and they're just kind of watching over us. I kind of like that. That's the fun one. I kind of like that a lot. That is the fun one. The other one's not as fun, but interesting. Okay. Have you ever heard of panspermia? <laughs> Excuse me? Panspermia. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know what that is. So basically, this is the theory that life on a don't like don't think like a person think like bacteria or proteins or like you know uh, amino acids little stuff little tiny things okay things that you you know wouldn't believe 200 years ago until you had i don't know when the microscope came out at target i don't know i don't know know. whenever they you know i'm getting off topic the idea is that life tiny tiny bacterial life gets trapped inside asteroids and comets and other things fly basically space debris so here's here's how it goes down if you have two planets collide if you have a comet collide with a planet an asteroid i think no comet's a meteorite if there's a collision in space that's going to cause space debris to eject and fly out throughout the universe trapping life on said space debris now you would think that would that space would just neutralize anything attached to those uh, space debris rocks or whatever you want to call it. But surprisingly, there's these things called extremophiles. I think I'm saying that right. Extremophiles. And they actually can remain dormant until an ecosystem becomes more inhabitable. Apparently, it's it's like 
radioactive heat along with potential water inside this space debris that can keep it alive and functioning in like a dormant frozen state in space until it lands on a planet and then at that micro I'm I'm, I'm pulling I'm pulling stuff out <laughs> microbiology like that like a on a biological bacterial level they can start growing which falls into the the idea of evolution now let me be clear though this isn't a how life began theory this is a how life gets distributed theory it's not saying this is how life came to be in our universe this is saying how life from one planet could get to another planet that was a theory i've heard before about earth and that's a theory i've actually i've i've thought i i bought it i you didn't know it's pan you didn't know it's called pan- i didn't know it's called that no they actually i don't know if this is true i don't know if any of this is true there's a lot of scientists that actually believe that a lot of earth's water was brought here from comets and like creating the oceans and like the the valleys and stuff because like they're made of ice the collision and then yeah and then the water and it's interesting and I, I didn't find anything about this but it's like the the comparison of the fresh water versus the salt water it's just interesting that maybe that could have came from two different sources two yeah. different types of comets and things like that and um, then and then divided amongst themselves are you guys stay over there <laughs> yeah right and we're gonna go to detroit <laughs> <laughs> oh is that superior lake superior or is that ontario which one's by michigan it's like not lake michigan is it lake michigan That's, yeah it's on the bottom of it we got lake Erie over here it's tiny it's yeah. tiny it ain't much but it's honest water <laughs> So one final thing that I want to say, it's from this article I found online called Helix. I'm going to, I'm going to read it word for word instead of putting my own words. Cause so here's something to back up the panspermia. So here's the quote. One argument that supports the panspermia theory is the emergence of life soon after the heavy bombardment period of Earth between 4 and 3.8 billion years ago. During this period, researchers believe that Earth endured an extended and very powerful series of meteor showers. However, the earliest evidence for life on Earth suggests it was present some 3.8 billion years ago, overlapping with this bombardment phase. So they're saying that the first time, unquote, they're saying the first time that human life has been recorded on Earth was around the same time as these asteroid showers. So that just backs again that we could have came to Earth on an asteroid. End cool. scene. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and those are the two theories. Let's go to the discussion. Okay, so we had six potential evidence ideas, two of which seem to resonate with you, and the two theories. You don't have to, obviously, I'm not asking for your rating yet, but where's your mind at? What are you thinking? I really, I mean, this is such a fun topic, but I think it, it really falls into place of science where it makes a lot of sense for me yeah it's kind of like you're able to take your own observations from what you see in your day-to-day life with other animals and then back it up with a couple of science i don't want to say theories slash hypotheses did i ever tell you this if i hadn't been a theater major i definitely would have done biology ew i'm I'm weirdly good at biology you probably would be a little happier right now probably you'd have done that (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Your improv wouldn't be as good, though. That's true. My improv would be probably lackluster. Yeah. So thank God for the podcast that you <laughs> were a theater major. So what what major questions do you have or rebuttals? So the biggest one I'm thinking about right now is you're talking about the evolution, how humans maybe evolved on a different place where the gravity wasn't as high. Mm-hmm. So their spines. Humans get back problems. That's a fact. 
what I understand from 10th grade biology and my biology teacher. Dude, Mr. How, Summers, how many years ago were you in 10th grade? I don't want to talk about that. That's something I don't want to talk about. But I remember talking about how humans are not completely evolved to be bipedal yet. Really? Like, well, well, you are. we are getting taller as a species. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Like... Like our spine? No, like the hip joints and the spine are not completely 100% evolved to be completely bipedal yet. Like, mostly, obviously, we still are. Hopefully but my kids, then, can <laughs> enjoy a good hip. Maybe. But that's that's what I remember, and that's that's the reason for that. That would be the earthly reason for why that we still have bad backs. But it's still striking that many, pretty much no other animal walks bipedal. Absolutely. I think that's a very interesting observation. Because you could still believe the evolution train of thought along with the fact that we're not from here. Because we've been here, if you believe that we've been here for millions of years, like we could be evolving to fit the planet. Like we just haven't hit it yet. So, I mean, I'm not saying your teacher was wrong because we could be on our way to getting to a better state of being bipedal for this gravity that we have here. But that doesn't mean that we came from somewhere else and have started evolving since we got here. I agree with that. Honestly, I find it... What's the word? Um, I give it credence. There it is. I give credence to <laughs> I this. give credence to that. Now, one interesting kind of spike in the story is that we do have about, like, somewhere between 90 and 99% DNA of our DNA shared with chimps. Yeah. So, unless chimps came along with us for the ride, or... <laughs> If our ancestors mated with chimps millions of years ago, and then... Can I tell you what I really feel like? Yeah. I, really I always, feel want, like I always want your honesty. I really like the pan... Was it panspermia? Panspermia. I like the panspermia theory. Theory? <laughs> is, that, is that Greek or Latin for Yeah, it's theory? Latin. The panspermia theory, I like that a lot, except it's not just humans, it's everything. So you like the idea, but then that, that kind of goes against the whole point of, like... The way that we're drawing... I'm not saying you're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> the whole point of view perspective of the theory at hand is by looking at how we differ from the other animals on Earth. It's kind of like the preconceived notion that, okay, every other animal is from Earth. Why are we different? Yeah. So that would be like... I'm not... Like, it's totally... If you believe that there was no life on Earth and then an asteroid came and that's how we got here... That's fine. But I would say for the scope of uh, this podcast, this episode, it's kind of like, okay, these animals on Earth all do this and we don't. Why? So do you understand? Yeah, I understand. I think if that's the lens, which we obviously are going for, I like the idea of the of the zoo being more prominent. The human zoo? That's, that I mean, that's like kind of like the theory. Yeah, I touched on it without diving into The prison. It. The prison. Yeah, yeah. I like the prison idea. Better than the panspermia theory. Yeah. There I, have been a lot of articles lately that are like, there's probably aliens out there. They probably just don't care about us. I've heard that too. The yeah. dark forest theory. Now, that doesn't mean like there's a million nuances to human nature and I picked six things to back. Like if I were to, if this were to be my dissertation and I were to say, you know, life or death, this is all true based on these six random things. You know, it's because there's more you can look into. They talk about like our relationship with the sun. They talk about like women pregnancy and how difficult it is for human women compared to other species. 
but I, I, I picked six that I, I wanted to get into. So if you guys want to look more into this, you absolutely can. I'm just saying like it, there are certain aspects of this that feel very circumstantial. Who wrote the book again? Dr. Ellis Silver. Let's get her on the show. Okay. Dude, what if you can't find him? Like, what if he's not like a real person? What if an alien? Oh, maybe. That'd be cool. It's it's a gray, but in like a tweed sweater. I One of the things that really strike me is how we're not in tune with Earth. And it seems like so many other species are. But I really do think that could come down to just the fact that, one, we don't need to be anymore. And two, humans are like one of the few species outside of like dogs and stuff that are bred that we don't we don't follow the survival of the fittest anymore and there's many unpolite ways that we could go about that and so i will go about it in the most polite way possible and i'll say eyesight i probably wouldn't i wouldn't be alive you know what i mean i wouldn't be either. like because we are not hunted by other predators people with poor eyesight can live good lives and reproduce with other people. And thus humans, a lot of humans have really bad eyesight. Yeah, my eyesight's terrible. This is a major, major overgeneralization, but like we don't live by survival of the fittest, like the slowest, the, you know, the not brightest, the people with bad senses, right. they don't get killed off in the wild. We've, and, ad- we've adapted things so that would be okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, like society, society rules, laws, you know, the well, belief of, that you shouldn't kill other people. Well, we've adapted ourselves. Like for eyesight, we've made glasses. For for speed, we've made cars. Right, right. Yes, as we have grown past these, so that survive the fittest no longer. I mean, you see, you can see people die in real dumb ways, and we still do. <laughs> yes, but it it feels very circumstantial, but it's also very striking to see. Just if you think about it, how different humans are from so many other animals on Earth. So. On the believability scale, where do you land that humans are not from Earth? Believable being that we are not from Earth, and unbelievable being, no, we are absolutely from Earth. So going with the the theory of the prison, because I like that one the best. Do you find it the most believable? Yeah, I do. More believable than panspermia? Yes, for sure. Hmm. I I don't buy panspermia. If if it's one thing, if, if panspermia is all the animals... Then yeah, but if it's not, if it's just humans, I think that's unbelievable. I think really, yeah. Why? Because it would have to evolve separately from. So like animals were here, right? Already, yes. yes. During the meteor showers. Well, they like if it it, it kind of you were moving past the how Earth how life began. Yeah, it would be like these are these are creatures natural to this ecosystem and environment, mm-hmm. and then we came in from the asteroids and, and started evolving. Yeah. Because we're not from here. Like, our evolutionary traits do not match the evolutionary traits of animals already existing on Earth, which is why we were able to go so far advanced past them. Yeah. No, I like the prison theory better. But Okay, but you never actually answered why. You why? I, why you don't think that makes sense. Because, like you said, genetically, I think we're so close to everything else that it's weird. Like apes. Yeah. Well, chimpanzees. Everything. Like, if you look how close our DNA is to, like, a banana, it's weird. It's super close. Are we bananas? <laughs> yeah I'm, i feel a little bit more like a kiwi but but i like the prison idea better the prison idea makes more sense to me because it puts us in a place that we're not from we've developed somewhere else like most of our traits develop somewhere else we're placed here like if we came through panspermia we would have evolved more effectively toward earth so like the, the what's it called the cycle oh the circadian rhythm yeah that would have developed more naturally to earth cycle 
our spines would have developed more naturally towards Earth's cycle. Yeah, I could see that, especially since they're from a biological level or like a bacterial level. I keep saying biological instead of bacterial. (laughs) But then wouldn't the human zoo theory go against when wouldn't your point that we're similar to bananas also contradict with the human zoo? Because if even if aliens brought us here as a punishment, there's no reason we should be close to chimps or, or bananas. That's true. Unless they came, took DNA from chimpanzees first, made us somewhere else where it was more suited for their planet, we did something bad there, and they brought us back here. So you're adding a prologue I am. to the human zoo. It's the only way it makes sense to me, but yeah. <laughs> well, that's because you, you, the way that you denied panspermia also, in fact, made the human zoo not possible. <laughs> so I like your prologue. <laughs> well, uh... Believable. What's the scale? What? What's the second one on the scale? Viable. Oh, I yeah, viable. I say viable. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you literally just disproved it and then went viable. I say viable. I like the human prison one. Okay, let me especially let me... with my pre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your prologue. You yes. have to read the first chapter and then it makes sense. You got to read the intro. They took a banana and they they took a baby and then they made humans. Now, what do you think the other component was? Humans, baby, or like not a baby, a banana, and then something else made humans, like a dust bunny or something. Uh, a monkey. All right, let me ask you this. If, yes. If I say believable, okay, let's let's talk about our rating scale for a second. Does believable mean that I absolutely believe that it's true or that I find it that it could be believable? I don't think if you say believable, it's the end all be all. I think you just think it, there's a good chance it could be. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I, like, the fact that it could be believable. Like, I, there's no way that I could ever say that this is true. There's no way I could say, I like, I, there's no way I could know whether or not it's true. But I absolutely believe that it could be true. Because we're very similar. We are very, very similar. But I actually like what you said about how we were bacteria. And if you believe the panspermia, that we were bacteria... And we kind of like grew into the planet and that's maybe how we have shared DNA with other creatures and fruit apparently on earth. <laughs> There's even a lot of people in our DMs it's like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> but you know, I don't care. I don't care. I think it's interesting. I think we're very different. I'm not saying it's true, but I could see it being true. I'm actually going to say believable. That's awesome. I applaud you, honestly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I just want to apologize now if we sound out of our minds and if we're speaking on things that we have no business speaking on. Um, we're not experts. We're just tossing ideas. Around. We're like mental cornhole, just trying to find the hole. That is the most Ohio theory thing I've ever f***ing heard. Right in a cornfield watching some Buckeye football. I can't stand college football. I don't, I don't like it either. My Browns are 8-3, though. That's That's so good for them. Anyway. Thank you again for reviews. If you didn't get Charlie a present for his birthday. That's okay. I know that he would love a review. That's, you know, that's actually why I wrote Wishlist for Santa. Somebody on the Q&A just asked us if Santa's real. And I will respond on Instagram. But no, we don't think Santa's real. But if he was and Charlie created a wish list and mailed it to the North Pole, which I bet he still does, I think he put Apple reviews on there. Yeah, I put, I'd like to get a couple of reviews, please, to make me feel better. <laughs> So if anybody would like to leave a Apple review, we would love that. It would help us grow. 
But if not, it's totally okay too. We appreciate the DMs, everybody reaching out, all the great engagement. It and really thank does. you again for reaching out for my birthday wishes. I really appreciate that. If you have got your own story, like I know this story happened to me or insert friend of mine, and you want to send it to us so we can do a listener submission on it, I would be thrilled. Hit us up at believingthebazaar at gmail.com. We still have a couple on deck. We just had a lot of life stuff going on right now. So we haven't we haven't hit one of those bonus episodes yet. But we got some coming out soon. But we're always looking for more. So again, if you have a personal paranormal experience or somebody close to you, hit us up at believingthebazaar at gmail.com or go to our website www.believingthebazaar.com and go to submit your experience and send it that way if you'd like and we will turn your personal experience into an episode so other people can judge you and that's gonna be exciting right judgment everybody loves judgment i like putting the sound effects in your own story judgment day yeah you know what (laughs) i let me just say the listener submission episodes are always some of my favorite they just have this set, like this real grittiness to them, and they're always the creepiest slash most scariest. There is always, always just like a fear, like this happened to somebody. Yeah, it's like yeah, we got Fresno Nightcrawlers creeping across Jose's yard. It's like okay, this person saw a shadow person staring at him with little beady eyes. Terrifying. Yeah, or the oh, the girl from Paper Magic. Mm-mm. Oh god, with that was swing. So, that was so creepy. Spooky me out. stuff. Episode nine, I think. Anyway. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. As always, I am Tyler. And I'm Charlie. And catch us next week on Believing the Bizarre. A podcast as bizarre as you are. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.